everyone. This is Lear Thorson with the Innovators Podcast. This week, Matt talked with Diana Wright, who is the program coordinator for the Iowa State Papa John Center for Entrepreneurship. They went over a bunch of different topics, but to keep in mind, uh, this was before the pitch off had finished up. So those results can be found on their social media. Hope you enjoy this podcast. How are you today? I am doing well. Good. Diana, I just want to give everybody uh, an opportunity to hear a little bit of your background. Just mm-hmm. talk, ab- talk about um, where'd you go to school? Where'd you go after that? What brought you here? Okay. Yeah, so my background originally starts, I grew up in Clear Lake, Iowa. And um, I was very fortunate, I would say. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So both my mom and my dad, they own their own businesses. So my dad, he is a has a Main Street business. He's a florist and retailer. And then my mom, she actually started her own wealth management business and then eventually started a public garden in Clear Lake. So um, I've always been around entrepreneurs. I kind of have had an inside lens as to, well, I've done a lot of work, I'll just say. I've had a job probably since the age of 10. Um, And then from early on, I knew that I wanted to be around entrepreneurs and really creative people as well. Um, So eventually it led me to Iowa State. I knew pretty early on that I wanted to go to Iowa State. There really wasn't any other universities I was looking at. And um, at Iowa State, I studied marketing, also advertising, and then pursued the entrepreneurship minor. Um, And early on, freshman year, I remember getting introduced to Judy Isles. I was part of the Entrepreneur Club. Um, I participated in the Okaboji Entrepreneurship Institute and um, a number of other programs that the Papa John Center was putting on. And so early on, um, within the college experience, I knew right away that I really enjoyed being around startups. So eventually that led me to, um, I remember it was a fall evening, Judy and the Papa John Center, they actually took a yellow school bus down to Des Moines, and there was probably a group of 20 of us students, and um, there was this startup job crawl. So from the startup job crawl, I actually got introduced to uh, the company at the time, Web Filings, which is now Workiva. What is what is a startup job crawl? What does that consist yeah. of? So basically think of like the career fair, but startups. Okay. And then instead you're of going wearing... from business to business or... Yeah. So it was at the Midland building, um, which is in downtown Des Moines. Okay. And they basically had different floors of startups. And it was very casual. Like Sounds people cool. were drinking beer. Um, you might have had your resume, but really it was talking to people and um, a no number suits or elevator pitches. Yeah. And I mean, a number of these startups too happen to be hiring. Uh-huh. So um, from that event, I actually got introduced to Douala. And um, I think it was that semester after I actually interned for Douala. And then when I actually graduated Iowa State, um, that's where I ended up going full time. So that was kind of the beginning of more of my professional career into startups um, long before or long after too, my family business kind of track of helping my parents. What is Douala? So Douala, it's D-W-O-L-L-A and um, they're in the fintech space. So at the time when I was at Douala, 
they were basically trying to make it easier to move money, which is not something a lot of us think about because it just, it happens. Like mm -hmm. we see the money go into our bank account, we see it leave. And um, so they basically were trying to make it faster to move money, but also without the fees that are usually associated with taking credit cards if you're a business owner. Um, and so that was really what Dwalla was when I was there. They've transitioned it a little bit in how their value proposition is today. Um, but they were really the young startup of Des Moines. Um, they had investors like Andreessen Horowitz, which is familiar um, investor on the West Coast. And then even someone like Ashton Kutcher invested. So cool. in the early on stages of Douala, they got a ton of PR. Um, what, is, what did you do for them? Yeah, so my job actually was a community builder, oh, cool. which you're like, well, what is that? Yeah. So um, it was actually what I would say being on the front line of the startup and really working with the customers and also the merchants who were utilizing Douala at the time. Gotcha. So anything from customer service, to also just understanding, you know, what the customer was saying and then translating that to our product team. Interesting. So, yeah. So where, wh at what point do you go from uh, Douala to Papa John Center? Was that, was there anything in between there? Nothing in between. So um, Judy actually reached out to me. Um, this would have been almost, I was in two years at Douala. And uh, she basically reached out to me and said, hey, um, there's a lot more initiatives that are happening at Iowa State. And um, I was essentially the first hire, hired to the Papa John Center with Judy. And um, you know, I was really tasked with coming in and trying to build new entrepreneurship programs, so such as size starters that we know today, um, and a number of other initiatives too. So Very cool. yeah, so that all happened really because I knew Judy as a student at Iowa State. Very cool. So, so talk a little bit more about what you do now with the Papa John Center. Give us a little more details there. Yeah, um, I wear still a lot of hats. Um, so it could be anywhere from marketing and making students in our community aware of what actually, what entrepreneurship opportunities there are for them, um, and then running programs. So SciStarters is a huge one, um, leading that accelerator, uh, and then really working with businesses to really try to either move the needle, help facilitate connections, um, and truly try to build real impactful businesses here in Iowa. So. Very cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So you've been with the Papa John Center for how, how long now? Six years. Six years. February. Very cool. Yep. And we, as we heard from Judy's podcast, uh, episode four, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, there are a lot of changes going on with the Papa John Center. Mm -hmm. And with um, uh, with Startup Factory as well included in that, yep. uh, how what what's what's changed for you personally here in the last year or so um, as as they're kind of going through that transition? Um, well, I know there's a lot of programmatic changes I would say to the Papa John Center, but we're still really doing the same of what we've been doing, you know, since the inception, which is helping entrepreneurs. So. In my perspective, there hasn't been a lot of change other than, yeah, we have a lot more people, and which is actually a really great thing. Um, and I think overall, though, at Iowa State, there's definitely been a change, like even with President Winterstein um, and this whole initiative around entrepreneurship. And um, even in the park, like I know I was just talking to Allison the other day and understanding, too, like the different initiatives that are happening um, where 
Iowa State's really looking at some of the different platforms of our strengths and basically bringing the researchers and entrepreneurs together, but bringing the actual market together for those people. So um, in my opinion, I just think it's like one of the greatest times to be an entrepreneur and particularly even to be affiliated with Iowa State. So definitely. What is your favorite Papa John Center program? If you had to pick one. You know, I'm very biased, so probably SciStarters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, SciStarters was the program that I wish would have existed when I was a student. So when I came back uh, and to work with Judy, it was still really fresh in my mind just because I was two years out of college. And, um, and so that's where I got to have a huge hand in creating SciStarters. Um, and really, what's really inspiring is still being in contact with, there's over 80 alumni of the program. And uh, we still do every two weeks a SciStarters Breakfast Club, which is right now held via Zoom, but it's a way for all of our alumni on a Friday morning to catch up on where they're at. Uh, and really for me to still work with those alumni and see where they're at today with their businesses. That's really cool. And we've talked to um, a couple of folks affiliated with SciStarters. We're gonna be getting some more here coming mm-hmm. uh, coming up pretty soon. So. Everybody can look out for those podcasts coming up. But with the SciStarters program, we've got uh, a new cohort coming up this summer, and mm-hmm. that's still planning to be in person, correct? Partially virtual, partially, what's that going to look like? Yeah, for the most part, it'll be in person, obviously following all the Iowa State's guidelines around COVID. Um, but yeah, we're excited to bring back, like last year we did all virtual, which was interesting. It was mm-hmm. like 10 hours of Zoom a day. Um, so we got through it, but, um, it's definitely a much, a a richer experience when you have the cohort around you, um, and you're working next to someone, a student entrepreneur who's also in your shoes. Um, but even like to think there's a lot of skills that get bartered. And so like, if you know how to do a podcast and someone needs a podcast, like right away they get connected and they just do it that day. Um, same thing, like if someone's looking for technical skills, someone in the cohort, since we recruit from all seven colleges, we usually get to see a pretty diverse skill set. And then that way they're actually helping each other too. So speaking of all seven colleges, the yeah. pitch off mm-hmm. finished up last week or is that still going? It's still going. So this Thursday, um, February 25th, we'll be doing the finale pitch off event. So that will be held in the Student Innovation Center. How many presenters will there be? Yes, we will have 26 pitches. And is and that how many from each college? Um, four from each college. Vet Med had two. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And they're basically pitching for $12,500 are the four final prizes of the pitch off. Wow. So that's impressive. Yeah. So $5,000 for each of the first place winners, we have two different categories, one for new idea and one for existing business idea. Is that, uh, will that be available for anybody to attend or will that be a virtual attendance option? What's that going to look like? Yeah, we are doing a watch party, which is virtual. Mm -hmm. And then in the actual launch pad for those students presenting, um, all of the seven deans will be there and including President Winterstein too. Awesome. So there's some pressure. There will be and, some pressure. And uh, there's also judges. So the Research Park, mm-hmm. um, Allison will be a judge. We'll have someone from Renewable Energy Group and then also from Ames Economic Development Commission. 
Very cool. So, so a little bit of pressure. You've got some pretty big names in the room. That'll yep. be that'll be exciting. Yeah, and it's just cool to see all the deans actually come and support um, something on. You know, it brings them all to the table too. That's so. been something that I feel like I've mentioned it on. Seems like every podcast because it always comes up. But just to see the entire the entire university's focus on. Mm-hmm you know, really encouraging and incentivizing entrepreneurship and the programs that, that the Papa John Center is doing and, and the, the programs on campus. That's been really cool to see, uh, at least from a student perspective, mm-hmm. over the last four years, how that's changed. How has that changed in your eyes? What does that look like? It's an interesting question because it definitely is a great thing from like the Papa John Center point of view. Um, and it also, though, means that we are doing more, in a sense, because of that. Um, and so it's just thinking too, as we're, you know, the president is basically bringing all these people to the table that need to be there. Um, and so then it's thinking about how do we strategically design programs that will deliver to students who are interested. So like size starters, it is limited, it is competitive, but there's a lot of students who might not go through size starters, but touch other programs in entrepreneurship. And so it's having to think, and I know a lot of the colleges right now are thinking through this, um, but how do they best you know, serve the students so that they can have an entrepreneurial mindset and problem solve creativity? I know the design college is really focusing on design thinking and actually incorporating that across all seven colleges. So it's really cool to see what's going on and um, it kind of makes the, our jobs have a little bit more on our plate. Yeah. Uh, in a nice way, yeah. but um, but I think though we can strategically think about that and and the best way to design programs. So we can talk a lot about academic entrepreneurship programs and mm-hmm. entrepreneurship in the classroom, but you have seen firsthand where the rubber hits the road uh, mm-hmm. in working for a startup, but then also in seeing a number of. Uh, small or beginning or even established businesses come through size starters or Mm -hmm. other things with the Papa John Center. What, what do you see as kind of a key to success or is maybe there, maybe there's a common theme with the ones that get it right, the ones that are successful. What do you, what do you see? Maybe if you had some advice to give Mm -hmm. to a student that has a business idea or is interested in pursuing uh, maybe a size starters application or something like that. Yeah, that's a very good question. I would say like you have to do the work (laughs) and that sounds very obvious, but there's a lot of people who think of ideas and I get to meet with people who have ideas like almost every day. Um, But then it's actually utilizing action. So, you know, with the students, sometimes it's easy to get into the classroom thought where, well, this is just a project. But when you're truly thinking about an idea and starting a business, like you absolutely have to have action behind what you're doing. So doing the work is the first thing. And I would just say speed. Um, That's so important. Um, It's just having the ability to, you know, even if it's just five things every single day, to write those five things of what you're going to do with that idea or with that business, um, that's going to actually get you much further ahead than just, okay, it's been two weeks. Oh, it's been a month since I've talked to Diana or someone you know, at the Papa John Center. Um, and so it's just kind of having, I think, those two pieces. Um, and thirdly, I would say finding 
accountability. So that could be personal accountability or what I always tell people is try to find a mentor that will just keep you accountable and meet with you, whether that's once a month or every two weeks. Um, but mentoring, that, that plays a huge role as you're starting to have an idea and taking that into an actionable business. So Very cool. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between the student entrepreneurship programs that we're working with here at the university and in the Papa John Center mm-hmm. and Dewalla, real world like I said, rub, where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. What are the differences that we can address, maybe? It's hard to address things in the classroom sometimes, like you mentioned. What, do you see any gaps? Do you see, do you see common places where people get it wrong? Um, I would say, let's see. Well, when you're working with entrepreneurs, and it doesn't really matter what age they are, um, there's usually a lack of resources in four different areas. So like time... We always never have enough time. Funding, which is a huge one. Um, The money of what it actually takes to start a business. Um, And then people is actually a really big resource. Like you don't have the right people on your team yet. You're looking for a co-founder. And then there's usually technology that you need to figure out or overhead costs too, which kind of relates to money. But um, those are usually the four areas where people are lacking when they're first starting a business. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really being realistic when you are starting a business is then trying to fill those gaps in how like when I said earlier, you have to do the work, like you have to put the time in Mm -hmm. and you're usually gonna be working much harder than someone who has a nine to five job and you have to be okay with that. Or you even have to use a nine to five job to supplement you and use that as part of your funding for insurance, for health, depending on if you have a family, which I actually think that's something people don't talk about as much. Um, I work with students and a lot of times they think, well, we're just gonna go full time in this. Um, But if their business is not at the point where they can be full time and making it sustainable, like it's totally okay to still take a job and then also work on a business. And I think that's more common um, for a lot of professionals is like they might have a side hustle and then eventually that side hustle, that business will get them to be, okay, we're gonna jump ship. It finally makes sense for us to do that. Um, There is, since there is so much support at Iowa State to start a business as a student here, um, I do think though it's okay to realize that you could also take a job first Mm -hmm and learn a skill set from that job, and then use that as basically a foundation to de-risk some of what you might work on. Is there a good transition point, like a good rule of thumb for when your side hustle can become your main hustle? Is there like a, is there a point that you kind of advise on or is it just gonna be subjective? I think it's really up to everyone um, because it depends on what your lifestyle is, it depends on what you're willing to do or what other people who depend on you, um, you know, the fact that they depend on you is a big thing. So I think it just varies actually for most people, but it definitely, you know, whether you're starting a company of one where maybe it's just freelancing um, and, but say you're bringing in $50,000 a year, like as long as you know and run, you know, what it is, the expenses in your life. So it's, it's very simple, like to an actual, profit and loss is understanding like bringing in the expenses of life. Mm -hmm. So that's probably what I first would advise. 
but I just know a lot of people kind of decide that based on excitement as well. Yep. So, um, but I would just do the numbers first. So what are some of the big success stories that come to mind when you think of your time with size starters or, um, any, any other, mm-hmm. any other Papa John center programs? Yeah. I mean, I know part of the first cohort, um, of size starters. So we had eight in the original cohort and, um, a number of those are still actually full time in their businesses. So I think of Stephen Brockshus, he's the founder of Farmland Finder. This last year, I know he raised $3 million. And um, last time I checked, he has about 12 full-time employees, which is pretty crazy. He's down in Des Moines. Um, Clayton Mooney, of course, he's since Size Starters started another company, which he probably has been interviewed, right? Yep. He was podcast three. There you go. I think. (laughs) So uh, Mahmood Parto, um, I also want to give him a shout out because he's starting a new IoT business. He's um, just finished his PhD, I believe, or master's at Georgia Tech. Um, But it's really cool to see, you know, those entrepreneurs are now five years out of the program, um, but they're definitely seeing success or soon to come success. Um, But another thing, too, I remember from... The second cohort. So we had a former size starter who, after going through the whole program, he realized that he needed to initially break up with his business idea of what he came in with. And to me, I think that's actually very okay to do and realize that, you know, size starter sometimes is that process of really figuring out like, is is this validated? Um, the problem that you're working on and is there really a market for it? And he basically learned that, okay, there wasn't and there wasn't right now. So he actually decided to completely pivot um, and do something very different. Um, So I would look at that as a success too, because instead of working on an idea for five years and having like basically very little income, um, you know, and a lot of stress, like that was a very good decision for him. So kind of two ways of looking at it. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. You don't, when you're thinking of success stories, you don't think about uh, those kind of situations, but that mm-hmm. is a lot of a lot of what has made, I think Clayton's a really good example. You mentioned yeah. Clayton. Um, he's not doing what he thought he was gonna be doing uh, even a year ago, uh, yeah. you know, just over a year ago. And so that's, that's a big part, I think, of, of how um, typical success story mm-hmm. that we hear about or that we see uh, in the news or we, we hear about uh, is not always what success looks like, I think. Yeah. For, for, a, lot of, for a lot of people. Well, least. and there's many pathways to yeah, it. For sure. So. For sure. Cool. Mm-hmm. Talking. But, um, I mean, something that I think is interesting and it's getting closer and closer because of Iowa State is working on these big challenges. So, I don't know, I don't know if you're familiar with the the UN has like the 17 global challenges. And um, something that I've been thinking about lately is figuring out like what is an easy way to make it essentially easy to start working on some of these bigger problems. So for instance, one of them might be clean energy, um, which I would say, you know, there's actually a lot of different expertise because we're a university, we're surrounded by knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so we have these people who are kind of the subject matter experts, but then we also have 
the students and we also have the alumni. And so I've been thinking like, how can we best build a framework that makes it easy to do the work to solve a very big problem? Mm -hmm. Um, So. Like you might not have the idea, but paving a road Mm -hmm. so that somebody who has the idea can get there easily. Point A to point B. And well, so what is that what you're meaning by that? Yeah, what becomes really important is there's like so many intersections that have to happen. So, for instance, if you're solving in clean energy, you need to be talking to the actual industry to understand, you know, what's the current infrastructure. And um, but then there might be some research at Iowa State who are already working on something in your field. And so I feel like Iowa State is really going to be hopefully at a create an opportunity where we can connect all these different people to actually start working on these problems. Because, you know, when you first think about, yeah, the UN 17 global goals, um, they seem really big, Mm -hmm. particularly when you're working even with students. And um, it's then trying to figure out, well, what are the right questions we should be asking? And then who do we need to basically talk to and learn from? But um, I don't know. It's something I've been thinking a lot about lately is that, you know, Iowa State's done a great job with the knowledge and the research, and so then trying to connect it with the markets to really build a pretty robust, um, and I would call it more than just like a business, but it's basically a platform of multiple businesses that could get started, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's a good way to... Something I'm thinking about. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to put it, because you're right, the, there's so many times, I think, you know, there's everybody has a great uh, thought in the shower in the morning, but mm-hmm. does that, does anything ever come of that thought that a lot of that depends on who they talk to later in the day. And, you know, if you need something, if you need to, you need a connection to get from point A to point B, but you don't have that connection, then point B to C never happens and you never get to the end of the problem. You, mm-hmm. A lot of the problems, a lot of the things that we, we have the brain power to fix it and we have the money to -hmm. fix it but those two things never line up at the right time in the right place yep so that's interesting that's an interesting thought very cool Mm -hmm. well diana thank you very much for your time today Uh, we appreciate you coming in and telling us a little bit about uh, the papa john center Um, if anybody else wants to learn more where can they find uh what's what's the website again yep um it is www dot isupjcenter.org or just search Papa John Center Entrepreneurship so that Papa John Center pizza doesn't come up first. So. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you again for your time. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you.